you the quantum mechanics. Yes, we're the quantum mechanics. We're the paranormal podcast for the believers, the doubters and everyone in between. And um, we've got a guest today, Ben, haven't we? We have got a guest and we're sort of film uh, filming. <laughs> no, we're recording this um, uh, post the event because we've already spoken to him. We were joined by Joshua Lewis, who has a, a lot of interactions via various means with spirits from the afterlife. Um, but it isn't just that. It's He's got a whole worldview, which is massively fascinating. And I thought it'd be interesting, well, in fact, you, Peter, said it'd be more interesting to do this intro after we've spoken to him. And I think it genuinely is. He has changed my mind on a number of different things. I want all of you listening to know that very quickly we get into the spirit, uh, well, <laughs> I said get into the spirit, we get into the subject of spirituality and what sounds like mainstream Christianity, but bear with it because it isn't that. He is talking about something which is aligned but different. So give him give him your ear time because he is fascinating. And I think he brings a different perspective on when we talk to our guests about are we living in a parallel universe? Are we living in a simulation? He's got really clear views about that, and it's backed up with evidence, and we should respect those. And I absolutely loved... We will edit it down, but we spent nearly two hours with him. He's brilliant. Yeah, it was It was, It was. was fascinating. It was quite... Um, yeah, I, I, what I really liked about it is the way the conversation went. We just flowed into a number of topics, and um, so in a way it's a little bit of a sprawling interview, but... I think we, we've, we're going to try and keep it as close as we can to the way we recorded it because the conversation was really fascinating, stimulating and really flowed. So, um, yeah, um, have a listen, see what you think um, and, yeah, give us comments, let us know what you think because uh, I really enjoyed our conversation. As Ben said... We were, we were supposed to do about 40 minutes and we did about two hours because it was fascinating. And while you're listening, just imagine that he has got the most beautiful ginger tomcat sitting to his left-hand side. Um, yeah. Apropos nothing, yeah. but it's a beautiful cat. Yeah, cool. All right. Well, enjoy. So now I've told you a bit more about Joshua or Josh. I never know how to introduce people and not sound too uh, formal. Josh, you're so welcome to the Quantum Mechanics. Thank you for joining us all the way from the US. Oh, it's an honor. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to always be able to talk about it. And it's exciting to be on your show. So thank you. No, not at all. And, and I think we're going to have a really fascinating conversation about something that we have spoken about in various guises which is about the afterlife the continuation of consciousness and and then i think it's going to go further into you know what does spirituality mean and things like that but i think it's really important if you haven't read his book or watched his youtube channel to know a little bit where josh comes from and it's it's initially 
not a happy place. And and I know we spoke about this before the recording. You've written about it in the in your book, and I still feel a little bit uncomfortable. But could you just tell us about how you got to the point of writing a book, running a YouTube channel, and doing all the things you do? Well, I mean, the, the my story is is crazy. It's it's another life that was lived prior to me, um, you know, beginning this work, I should say. Um, and it really kind of uh, started out, you know, that that new life came about when I was released from prison um, in uh, 2007. And the the um, you know, I, I started out as a, a good kid, sensitive guy, good family, middle class, wasn't brought up in poverty or anything like that. I had, you know, two loving parents, um, but I had the addictive personality. And if we understand a little bit more about addiction, it's a disease, whether people accept that as an answer um, or not. But it is it's a, it's an obsession of the mind and a allergy of the body. And, um, you know, and so, you know, once something gets put into the body and and, you know, that is is kind of uh, that addiction is sparked. Um, now that's what it wants. You know, the uh, the addiction wants more and more of that to feel right, to feel normal. Um, and uh, before you know it, you're fully addicted. And that's what I was. I was addicted to to drugs, to alcohol. I was a heavy alcoholic. Um, I had burned all my bridges with my friends and family. They were done um, with me. And I was at rock bottom and you know, I had a very spiritual experience at a church one night where I feel like I was uh, visited by, you know, it was a person, but I was praying and it was a divine orchestration feeling that some someone out of nowhere at two in the morning showed up at a church uh, to talk to me as I sat there and wept. And, and it was just a very powerful experience I talk about in the book. Um, from that point forward, as a kind of the cornerstone of my faith, and, and I um, always remembered that. I always remember that when I called out in a foxhole prayer for help, that I got it from a power that I felt greater that, you know, that was greater than myself. Um, I still went down some dark pathways after that, though. I still had a journey. Um, I was uh, pretty much hopeless, completely hopeless, wanting to die, but too afraid to do it myself. So I figured I would kind of go and get killed out in the streets, um, you know, suicide by cop, suicide by a criminal, by someone else. You know, I would get into a gunfight with someone and I, I had a legal firearm um, that I that I I still had that before I was actually arrested. And um, and I went you know, down a, a bad street trying to buy some drugs and the deal went bad and I pulled out my firearm and I shot him six times. Um, I didn't kill him. Um, he, uh, he did survive, thank God. And, um, but I was charged with attempted murder, um, and then released on bail and, and within uh, out on bail, I, uh, attempted to, um, rob, um, another dope dealer's house during a hurricane. And so I was facing some serious charges that were punishable by life. I was sitting in, in jail, um, with no hope and, um, you know, through a halfway decent lawyer, I was able to get a deal of, of two and a half years in prison. And when I was in there, I it was the worst place I'd ever been. It was hell on earth. It was the most, you know, horrendous experience of my life. And at the same time, it was the most important, one of the most important experiences of my life. It saved my life. Um, I found a spirituality in there that, you know, it just added to that experience I first had when I was at that church. Um, 
I, I felt evil around me many times, but I felt the protection of the light. Um, I felt God's protection and I was, I was never harmed. I was in some tough spots in there, but I was never harmed. And when I got out, I had nothing. I had no place to live, no job, no nothing. And, um, you know, I started going to, to AA meetings and, and different 12 step recovery meetings. And I was working with individuals, younger guys, um, that were kind of on a trajectory like my own before I got sober and, in, and, and Um, and so I was working with these guys going and talking into rehabs and talking to, um, and that was a really powerful experience for me. And I think that also helped me prepare me for what I'm doing now in a way. Um, so, you know, and I, I made some really good money in some businesses. Um, I did very well for myself and, um, I kind of, I didn't say I retired, I semi-retired in a way, and I had some time off at, at around 32 and I started getting involved in uh, 31 and I started getting involved in uh, paranormal and just kind of wanting to know the truth. I couldn't trust the shows. The movies were crap. And I was involved in film. I started getting involved in film. I was working on scripts and, and productions and it was beautiful and amazing films. And, um, but, you know, I, I wanted to know more about the science of what what's going on. You know, um, I don't want to just take the Bible's word for it. I don't want to take, um, you know, anyone else's word for it. So I started to, uh, you know, go out to cemeteries and record and pick up some messages. Well, well I, I want to get onto that and I want to get onto the abilities that um, you discovered that you had. But just, just I think it will set the scene um, for everybody going forward, because um, it's interesting. You talk about like they're having um, an epiphany moment in a church and it feels like you had a, you know, uh, you must have had some kind of faith to be there. And I think um, uh, from the, and and this is sort of me asking you to help me get to where you are. That isn't something that is common uh, in my understanding of things. But when you talk about faith, and I'm going to refer back to, I thought it was an absolutely brilliant chapter in your book where you talk about this. The, I take it as um, the way that you you talk about faith. It isn't just reading some scriptures and kind of going, oh, well, I'll just do that then. It felt like a much deeper thing. And it wasn't like, oh, there's Jesus on a cross and there's God up in the sky. It felt like you had found something that was a little bit more meaningful to you and that was open to more of an holistic interpretation. Am I right in that? Yeah, I mean, you know, any any sage or guru or any uh, uh, spiritual advisor, anyone um, that you know will tell you that knows what they're talking about enough to to be able to advise would say, um, at some point you're going to have to test the literature, whatever it is you're reading, you're going to have to put it to the test, and that means that you know you can't just read constant books and go on what you're reading, you're going to have to test that information and have an experience with it yourself. And if it doesn't stand that test, then it's not going to be for you. It doesn't mean that it's not right for other people, but Christianity may not be right for people. Buddhism may not be right for all people. Uh, Judaism, and we can go on and on. But the point is that when you find something that resonates 
resonate with you um, and that you're having a personal experience with now, then that makes sense. I, I was a kid and I, I was Sunday school Catholics and all that stuff, you know, and it was a lot of guilt. It was a lot of like fire and brimstone and hell and guilt and like, you know, and if you don't do this, this novena right or this, this, this uh, you know, rosary right, you're not, you know, and it's like, I think that was, I think that's hard for some people, um, you know, and so I felt the connection to Christ, but not in a very religious way. It was more like a spiritual sense. And I didn't know what that meant. And, and, and so, you know, I feel like I've really had some really amazing experiences with some of the things that of course I've, I've read, but I've, it's happened in my life. So now it's like, you know, this is, this is, it's being put to the test and, and it's passing my test. It's passing my faith test, you know? So it, it, it's, I think that that answers your question. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, 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 it does. But I, I suppose the thing that fascinates me is that um, if I get, I guess if you come from a traditional religious background um, in any of the Abrahamic religions, you probably are given a vision of what heaven is and what hell is. And, and one of the things that is intrinsic in that teaching and I know this from religious uh, grandparents and stuff. You don't mess with the spirit world. That's it's an evil place, and yet the next place you went to was that spirit world, and in a way you were exploring that idea of heaven. Is does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I I, I think that I think that they've taken something that is very real, very scientific um and they've turned it into a lot of fairy tale type stuff um that makes it hard for you to wrap your mind around this world is not a fairy tale there's laws there's laws of physics there's there's laws that we have to abide by there's things there's gravity there's you know um these things apply also there's laws in the spiritual world in the astral world there's there's spiritual law there's um and it doesn't care about your religion it doesn't care that you only accept this one but you don't accept this thing or whatever or that certain things will fit your um you know it's like a jewish man an atheist and a christian their experiences on the other side may vary, but they're going to a place that is going. It's not like there's a Jewish heaven and, a, and, a, and an atheist heaven. And, a, you know, the, it, it's like an atheist, a Jewish man and a Christian man can all be in the same building here. Why wouldn't they be over there, too? Um, mm -hmm. They they are over there, but it's going to be what they've fed themselves in this life that's going to kind of help shape more of what their experience is, you know, on the other side. So it, it, it's kind of like, you know, you can fill yourself with whatever, fill your head with whatever it is um, in readings and spiritual readings and stuff. Um, but, you know, there's going to be some absolute truths that are going to be some absolute realities that are, that you're going to experience on the other side. And, and I, I guess, I don't know. I, I think it's, it's like, this is the science of spirituality and when you talked about the different religions and, I, and while you were talking i was thinking you know even going back paganism all these things do you think in some ways they are 
all tapping into the same thing. It's just a different interpretation. Sure. I mean, if you, if, the source is source. You can come up with a thousand different names for source as you want, but guess what? It doesn't change that source. That source is the source of creation where, it, where energy came from, where we came from, where this cosmos and everything else came from doesn't care about the name of your religion. It, it just wants, you know, the religion should be love. That's the language. It's very simple. It's, it's not easy, but it's very simple. Love is the religion. Love is the code. It's the, it's the language of this, of this universe. And, and if, and so, you know, a man who's an atheist that didn't believe in God, but spent his life giving to charity, spent his life giving um, and loving other people and doing right and trying to improve his character as much as he could, admitted when he was wrong, kept his side of the street clean, those kinds of things, they're going to be given an opportunity to see the light, go to the light. They were they they lived a good life. They just did not want to accept the idea that there was a guy in the sky with a beard and all this other stuff, which is that's not the way it you know, that's I don't believe that's the way it is either. So, it, it you know, they may have to have a conversation on the other side and an energy might approach them and appear to them in a very loving, a benevolent way and say, um, I am the source or you are, you know, communicating with the source and are, you know, would you like to advance? You know, the source will not um, make you do anything. It will not make you love it. It will not make you follow it. It will not put you in heaven and keep you there forever. If that's what you don't want to do, we still, we have free will here and we, and we get to have free will on the other side too. That's not taken from us. What kind of benevolent, loving, higher power would that be? If he says, no, I know better for you. You're just going to have to love me because that's the best thing to do, you know, and, and you don't really have a choice in that. That's not free will. So we have to choose that source and, in, and, and we can stay, I don't want to say lost, but we can stay wandering as long as we want without choosing that source. Um, so, you know, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, well, the, that person you described, that is definitely me. I mean, I think I look after 22 shelter dogs and I give to other charities and I would be the first person to... Um, help any of my neighbors who are in trouble and I, I try and do the right thing but i could never reconcile myself with uh and i think you know it's the sunday school thing it's the mumbling in cold buildings <laughs> uh and and i think that breeds people who become massively self-righteous contempt, I think, contempt. and I, but i also think it's very difficult um and this exists in both of the countries we live in um, people who would describe themselves as great Christians, but then don't want to give a room to a Ukrainian refugee or help. Gays some... are bad, and, and 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 you know all this other crap. Yeah, yeah. And if yeah. the love is not present, then you're not living it. I don't give a crap what right. religion you think you're in. Right. If you're, you know, you know, there's the you know the literal scriptura. You know, it's like the ones that live 
according exactly according to the way the Bible was written. And if you break any part of that, then you are, you know, you're in violation of, of and, and, you know, that's just, there's a lot of things that have been changed and misinterpreted. But, you know, we've been given this God consciousness within us, even you that doesn't think that maybe a God exists. You are the living example of God. You don't even know it. You know, maybe, you you know, whatever, however you want to say that. But you are God yourself. I am God. He is God. We are God. Mm. We are the we are the the source experiencing um, itself in this, in this, uh, you know, and so there's all kinds of experiences to be had. But the fact that I'm just saying is that live by love the best you can. No one's going to do that perfectly. I fail at this every day. I fail at this every day. I get mad at my kids. I get mad at my partner. Sometimes I get mad at myself. I get mad at the guy on the road. I don't like when this one does this and says this to me, the little, the ego in me gets, gets pissed sometimes. And, and it wants to, you know, gesticulate and wants to, you know, posture itself to be this and this and this. And all I can do every day is continue to look at that and try to break that little self down to, to, to be more in, in, in the big self. The big self is, is the God consciousness, the source consciousness. So it's, it's every day. And if, and if, when, when, when people start acting like they're too pious and they're too, you know, they're so, you know, you know, they're, they're, they're above this and they think that they're, you know, and that's a shame. I mean, that's arrogance and, and that's pride and, and that's going to kick your ass. I, I really want to move on in a moment to um, your Hope Foundation and stuff, but something you just said really just ignited um, a whole bunch of neurons because a couple of weeks ago, we did an interview with somebody who comes from a completely different, well, not a completely different, but um, an obtuse angle to you on this, um, Avril. She is a tarot teacher and a psychic, um, but also she kind of cut her teeth in spiritual churches. And we delved into the idea of um, like a, uh, a central being, a God being, if you like, and she said that we were all shards of light who were put on earth to experience different things, to take learnings back to a central place. And what you just said made me think that is almost exactly what you just said. Yeah. And I'm going to go one more step further. Okay. So let's just talk about this for one second. Mm. The source of creation creates and it's talked about in depth in Yogananda's book, Paramahansa Yogananda. Look him up. He's a he's a you know an amazing sage and, and guru. But let's just talk about this for one second. So um let's just kind of hypothetically talk about the fact that if source is wherever source was and created environment around it and said, This is nice, but I want more. I want to see more. I want to experience more. And then he starts to break up his own consciousness into little points of consciousness, little points of light. Okay. Those are souls. Those points of souls, those balls of light, those orbs that you see, I'm not, I'm not talking about dust and water vapor and all this other crap. I mean, I could show you real serious orbs that are, that are undebunkable and undeniable. 
these balls of light, these are from the source, I believe. And he said, go out, go out and explore, go out and experience and go out and, and create and build and do things. At some point, that source wants us to come back to him, but he won't make us come back to him. So all those little points of light, all his little, all its little children, all of it pieces of, of him, it, whatever you want to say, is now out and experiencing the cosmos, the universe. And we have the free will to do what we want. And the way I described it, or the way actually Yogananda described it, and I was going to kind of just parrot it, is picture you've got a little jar of water that's corked. And that goes inside of another jar of water. And then that gets corked. And that goes inside of another jar of water. So you've got three jars of water inside of each other, but they do not touch each other. And then that jar with the three jar or with the two other jars inside of it, it's just floating in the ocean. The, the ocean is the source. We are the, phys, or the big jar is the physical body. Inside of us is an astral body. And inside of that astral body is that spark of, of light from the source. And so our job is now to uncork all of this as much as we can to get to, to understand that we are really the same exact thing as the ocean. But it's been compartmentalized. And so we don't understand this. And so we're going through this existence it's very crude and we burp and we fart and we eat and we do all kinds of things but inside is a natural body and inside is this, is a is a as a causal body which is the uh the soul the the true spark of the divine so i believe what you're what avril was saying is exactly correct if you have someone describing a cake you get two people an analytical person and a creative person describing a cake the creative person would say is a very positive, like, you know, it's beautiful. It looks tasty. It looks sweet. It looks amazing. And the other guy says, it looks like flour. It looks like frosting. It looks like a shape. So it doesn't matter how it's described. I think that, you know, what Peter was saying is that we're all tapping into the same source. The religions at, at the core of them are all very good. But man has muddied the water and mucked it up so bad with its little self and its ego that it's really hard to cut through the BS. And it's our job to, we have to use that inner intuition, that God consciousness, the conscience that's been given to all of us. We all know right from wrong. Um, but we can also, I'm sorry if you hear my three-year-old. That's all right. Okay. You know, it's our job to continue to say, okay, I just read this. I just read this. This one just said this. Now, can you give me the gift of discernment to understand what yeah. the heck is really real? And then, but you know, that's going to take some faith and to walk in faith. And you talked about it before is that faith is like a muscle. You have to exercise it in order to strengthen it. You can't yeah. just read something and say, I've got faith now. You have to really put that faith to the test. Well, I, what I take from that is you, I think you aren't talking about the faith of, Sunday preachers on television asking for money no. and the faith of people who choose to use 
some conservative Christian values to... The biggest hypocrites. Yeah, to choose how women uh, work with their bodies or to... Exactly. So um, I'm so pleased because I think we're on the same page. But I want to get on to... Uh, because we've got very existential, and, and I thank you for it because you've given the most eloquent replies. But you earlier on, you were talking because we're going to get on to the fact about your Hope Foundation, and that's I think that's kind of the pinnacle of this conversation. But before that, you and uh, I hadn't really figured it as a big part of what you did, but it's like an exciting part. You saying I go into cemeteries and start recording stuff. So where in your journey does that happen and what is it that you find? Well, I don't really necessarily do that as much anymore. I did that in the beginning and I have some followers still asking for me to do that. And I, I do mean to do that. I've kind of gotten so busy um, with the with the group sessions and the private sessions and uh, interviews and the you know all kinds of things that I don't go into the cemeteries as much. But when I first did, I was getting hello I was getting names. I was getting help me. I got get out sometimes, you know, things like that, you know, whatever. Uh, but I didn't take it as like a, a demon being evil. It was just some guy saying, get out. I don't want to talk to you. You know, it was kind of that's how I took it. But the help me is really kind of I, it's hard to listen to someone say, help me. God, yeah. All right. No problem. You want to you want to actually if you hear a voice saying, help me. I mean, what do you, you know, I mean, the mm. compassion in, in us, we want to help. So what could I do when I heard that? I, I thought I prayed and I, I was praying at that point. I had a spiritual connection from, you know, from prior to prison and through prison and stuff. So I was, I was experiencing miracles in my life every day. I was seeing people that were completely hopeless souls, living people that were guys that I was working with coming in new from alcoholism and feeling completely hopeless and me sitting with them and talking with them and saying, listen, you don't have to believe in a Christian God or a whatever God, just, I don't care what you call your God, call him Bob. I don't give a crap. Just start talking to something that's greater than you. If you can admit that you, that there's a higher power potentially, and you're not it, then you're on your way. And that was the way that I got in with these people. And then all of a sudden, months later, these people were different people than when I first met them. They were productive members of society. They had three, five, six months of sobriety. They got their jobs back. They got their spouses back. They were helping people. They were bright eyed and they were alert. So that was showing me that God was working in their lives, a source, a higher power, mm. a loving energy was doing things for them that I couldn't do and they couldn't do for themselves. Something was working behind the scenes for them, just like that energy that sent this woman, this old woman to a church at 2 a.m. in the morning and randomly decided to put her shoulder or her hand on my shoulder and say, would you like to confess my sin or confess your sins when that was all I wanted to do? How did that happen? There was something unseen. And, and, and so when I saw these people recovering, with some kind of unseen power, I knew that that I could I could call on that power to help whatever these voices were in these cemeteries, saying, "Help me! I need the light. I don't see the light. It's very dark." You know, so I started praying. I started praying with a faith of a blind faith because I didn't know if it was going to really work, but I believed in this higher power. And then all of a sudden, I would turn on the boxes after I would 
pray and they would say, thank you. We see the light or we see a man. Thank you. Oh, it's, you know, and they would say these other wonderful things. So, you know, people go, oh, they're just demons. They're lying to you. And I'd say, fine. Okay, great. What's the point of them saying, help me? And then I pray for God to help them. And then after that, they say, thank you. What is the point of this lie? What you just did was actually strengthen my faith. So are you trying to strengthen my faith in God? And then, you know, I'm going to get to the other side and he's going to go, ha ha, there's no God. I lied. I said, thank you, but I really didn't get help. You know, what's the point of these lies? So it's not lies. And I have always said to people that tell me, oh, these are just demons and all this. I said, great, fine. I live a blessed life. It's made me a better person. It's made me nicer to people. It's made me want to help more people. And so I will gladly take the chance that all of the work I'm doing is a lie and get to the other side and then say, we gotcha. It was a lie, you know, as opposed to not doing anything because I'm listening to these fearful people, to these dogmatic people that want to act like this is so bad. It's, just, it's a no, no, you don't do it. And then I get to the other side and I got all these people going, I asked you for help. I was there. God was sending you messages, but because of your fear, because of your of what someone else told you, because it was wrong, you didn't help. You spent your whole life. You could have helped so many souls, but you didn't do it. So I, I the onus is on me. I'll take that, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm fine with that. So I see the benefit as being all positive. Really interesting what you're saying about, because we talk about it on the podcast a lot, that we don't like the word demon as a kind of concept because it, it you know doesn't make you know it seems to almost be exaggerated to make certain types of tv or movies and get stuff where it, where it doesn't feel real i was really curious um well, i've got two questions one is connected to what people are saying around the demon thing my, i guess my first question is when you are in those uh, graveyards or wherever you are I'm always curious when we talk to people of what are you feeling or experiencing? What is it like for you? Because I have no comprehension of what that must be like. What What's your experience of it? Well, I mean, you can go into these places, you go into a building, you could go into, you know, a cemetery, an old abandoned building and think, oh, I feel a chill and, you know, or oh, I feel this or I feel that. That's all in good. I mean, we're tuning in. You got to tune in because, I mean, we, you know, we are our we are our own greatest piece of paranormal equipment, whether people understand that or not. We, us, the body, the mind, the whole the whole package here is the best piece of paranormal equipment you could ever own. But you have to learn how to work it a little bit. OK, we have the ability to per, to pick up, to perceive information from the ether that we did not know previously. And it is accurate, factual information that's been proven. Many institutes, psychic psychic phenomenon, psychic ability is real. And people are doing more and more work, parapsychology departments at, at universities now. There's a lot of work, real legitimate work being done. So we can go in and feel this stuff, but nothing nothing replaces, nothing, uh, you know, I don't say nothing, but there's, I feel like there's nothing like when I'm there 
whether it's in a cemetery, whether I'm here at my desk and I've got my boxes on and I'm communicating and I, and I feel like I got something going on in my mind. Like I got something and I'm getting a picture of a person coming to me. They're doing something. Uh, they wave, they do something like that. And I go, Oh, I, I see you. Now, right now, this is all hearsay. This is all just in my mind. There's, this is just stories, right? Until I then turn my box on and I turn my dial and I let wordless sound come through. There is no words for, there's no chance for false positive. I turn that dial and all of a sudden a response says, yes, I'm here. You're seeing me. I waved at you. And they confirm through the box, through the equipment, the ITC equipment, that what I just saw in my mind was real. That connection cannot be, I mean, I don't know how else to describe that to you. Mm. I, I, why everyone isn't engulfed in that and engrossed in just that whole is just beyond me. So that's the most amazing feeling in the world. It's, it's like, it's a true connection being made. So I don't know. I mean, I think that's really, I think that that's what has kept me going for 10 years that, you know, as you know, Ben was just saying before that uh, we recorded that he watched the Marilyn uh, Monroe session that I did. And, you know, anyone can argue that, no, that's not Marilyn Monroe. There's no way to prove it's her and all of that. Right. But there's no denying that when you're watching that, you're feeling something, um, very real going, wait a minute, whether that's Marilyn Monroe or not, I truly feel that he's talking to someone. They're responding to him. They're saying, thank you. They're saying things that are direct, clear responses to what he's saying. Mm. Now there's only one or two options here. It's either it's completely fake or it's mind blowing and it's real. And you know, that's up to the person that needs, you know, it's watching. Or, or it's an entity that is trying to fool you. Right. That's well, that, well, I I'm saying it's real, whether yeah, we can yeah. prove it's Maryland or not, or it's just like, this guy is just complete, you know, in your words, bollocks, or he's full. No, you know, so. <laughs> no, no, no. But, um, like I'm, I'm so mindful because I've done a number of Ouija boards and I've been convinced that the evidence that's come through has been real evidence and like real knowledge, but I'm not convinced it's the dead person, but that, that that's not here and there i think what's interesting about this is that this is only something that could have taken place over the last like let's say 60 years since this technology existed so the i gotta be careful with that i gotta i gotta i gotta correct you on that okay cool I, itc did not start 60 years ago it started before that it started with uh, uh thomas edison it started um with nikola tesla it started, you know, mm. with with Konstantin Radovau and Frederick Jurgensen. These are the forefathers of ITC, instrumental transcommunication. They were working with this well within, you know, the hundred years. I mean, at this point now, I mean, we're we're you know, so it, it has gone further than the sixty year mark. And and the problem is that you've got some brilliant minds like those guys working on stuff and even others that were, you know, I mean, uh, you know, Carl Jung was very interested in, in, you know, afterlife and, and he understood a lot about that. Um, so there are guys that were way before me doing legitimate, serious ITC work, but for the fear that they would not, you know, they would be, you know, laughed out of 
their, you know, where, you know, their position, they yeah. kept that stuff kind of hidden, but it's, it's, you know, no, it's no. the 60 year mark. Yeah. No, okay. Fair, fair. Sorry. Uh, you're completely right. But I suppose my point was that it, in terms of, uh, human existence, it's a very short time scale. And before that, if we're saying those spirits are finding a way to come forward with that, they had no way beforehand, which must have, you know, this, I don't mean this to sound trite, but that must have been frustrating or that, that is a dark period in history. Well, I mean, I also, I do, I do, I do, I would say that since the beginning of time, I believe that people have been able to communicate with the other side. I don't believe that it was through maybe instruments because mm. maybe technology hadn't come about, but a, but a true medium, a true psychic has been around from the, the day that man has set foot on this earth, I believe. I mean, I, 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 would, I wouldn't say that that came about, you know, recently. Um, you know, I just think that it's, people are discovering it more. I mean, you know, in the Old Testament, I mean, you know, they talk about, you know, uh, they talk about necromancers, they talk about, you know, ghost wives and these other terms that they have. I mean, some of these, some of these people are, you know, they, you know, people that are very layman or, you know, the layman, the, the, the one that doesn't know, it would just say, oh, mediums and psychics are all just kind of put in that category of one of these, you know, a necromancer, someone that was supposed to actually reanimate dead flesh and, and conjure spirit in a way that it's against the spirit's will that they will call them in and they, the spirit may not want to come, but they have to come because this necromancer is so powerful. That's not what a medium does. It's not what a psychic does. It's not, I don't reanimate dead flesh. I'm not over here, you know, doing anything like, you know, a witch doctor. I'm, I'm, I'm tuning in. I'm a transistor. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, 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 a conduit. I'm being used as a conduit and, and I still have, my wits about me. I'm not like a trance medium and I'm losing control of myself, you know? I guess then, and it does make sense, that this technology then is more like of a democratization of the communication. It just makes it more open. It does make it more open. My yeah. app, the Hope Spirit Box app that's yeah. available on iOS and Android is a free app. And that is the one of the most advanced pieces of um, free spirit communication equipment that anyone could get um you know and and so right there that free app can put this uh, you know that capability in everyone's hand is that smart yeah i mean it is smart because of course some people would use it and maybe not know what they're doing and i don't know i'm not going to charge an arm and a leg because i got to prove to you that you got it or that you have to prove to me that you're worthy of using this equipment you know what i'm saying um yeah but uh you know so people will have to kind of discover that on their own but you know now it is definitely becoming um more available and and, and i noticed like the the first video that we arrive on on your channel is um it's almost like a very honest tuition in how to use it and it made me think like I, I I was saving this question, but I can't save it any longer. I'm desperate to ask. Your experience with entities from, I'm, I'm going to say, beyond the veil, beyond death, um, I guess the reason you called it H-O-P-E, I know it has, a, uh, has an acronym, but it also means that there is hope. I think what you're saying is, consciousness continues life continues the the experience that we have now is just a blip in 
our spiritual journey and when we die we don't we don't cease to exist we go somewhere else yeah yeah i mean in the words of i'm just going to read you a little bit for a second if you don't yes please yeah 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 Uh, many persons erroneously believe that all souls return to god just by virtue of physical death if that were so what would be the purpose of being good why not do all things one desires to do good or evil if at life's end we go back to god anyway a bandit who is killed does not become an angel merely by dying. Persons who live a desolatory life uh, and yet expect to be angels after death will have a long and disillusioning wait. Just as we are the same after sleep as before, so the sinful or virtuous consciousness enveloping the soul is the same after death. Souls that have not manifested their innate perfection are not ready to remain forever in heaven. On the other hand, it is utterly erroneous to think that souls, which are sparks of the infinite good, can be consigned forever to hell. All souls are ultimately destined to return to spirit. Even a hundred years of sinful living does not warrant eternal damnation. What? Also of the souls, those lives are equally good and evil. Their astral bodies cannot be sawed in half and one section sent to heaven and the other to hell. The answer lies in understanding the concept of reincarnation. Reincarnation means that the true image of spirit, the immortal soul, survives the perishable body and passes to another body. This process is repeated many times until the soul fulfills its destiny and becomes reunited with spirit. This is self-realization, recognition of one's own self as eternal bliss, eternal consciousness, eternal existence. The soul being immortal outlives the body. But this immortal soul, while in the physical body, puts on the mask of the ego and its imperfections. The soul cannot go back to spirit until it has removed those delusive imperfections. If they have not been done away with in one's present life, the soul must reincarnate in order to have further opportunities to eradicate them. The physical body is the tenement house and the soul is the tenant. The fleshly house is perishable and the soul, being the image of spirit, is imperishable. When the body dies, the soul must go elsewhere for shelter. Owing to the soul's intimate contact with the body, it identifies with ego and develops desires for delusive physical pleasures. Uh, These uh, material identifications and attachments are imperfections that cling to the physical disembodied soul and prevent it from returning to spirit, spirit with a capital S. Thus, the immortal but imperfectly manifesting soul has no alternative but to return to the school of mortal life to work out those imperfections. There's hope for everybody. You know, the, the way that the name came about was one of the first EVPs I ever captured. It was in the cemetery and it was a weird one. It was a crazy one because I recorded this response that said, all hope gone. Okay, said so very clearly, I, I put it in one of my videos and I mentioned in the book, all hope gone. That's what the spirit was saying. Why I chose to do this, I don't know, but I reversed it and I wanted to hear it reversed. And when I reversed it, it said, I want hope back. Now, Mm. I don't understand how the word hope (laughs) is in the middle of these phrases. And it's not. How is that? How is that possible? So there was I don't I don't know how to explain that, but I want our all hope gone. I reverse it. It says I want hope back. And that is from that point, I named the group Hope, Helpers of Paranormal Entities. And 
I knew that, yes, I could be a source, a, a point of hope for those those disembodied voices on the other side. As crazy as that seemed, I, I felt that that was true. And it's been seeming to be the case for the last 10 years. And now that acronym of hope has kind of evolved from helpers of paranormal entities to now helping other people evolve. And that's really where it's it's kind of grown. It's not so much paranormal anymore now. It's more of a spiritual uh, experience. And I'm talking about, you know, not always spirit communication as we're you know talking about today. It's a, a number of different things. So there's a lot of hope, a lot of reason this, you know, to have hope, I should say. I, I, I don't know. And so when when anybody passes over in your i guess in your research what is it that happens because that is the great unknown and it's the it's the thing that worries us all right yeah i mean um so you know there is an initial um period of, of, of adjustment. Um, it seems like everyone that I've talked to on the other side has shared that, uh, people came to greet them. Loved ones came to greet them. Um, that's been shared by, of course, you know, many different hospice nurses and different people that have worked in, in medical facilities that these, 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 uh, ailing people that are dying are talking about their getting visitations. Well, I get those same, same type of validations through my boxes and my equipment. So that seems to be very accurate. Um, they talk about a tunnel. They talk about a light, a hallway, um, that they see that, um, some can go right to that light immediately if they want, if they're kind of willing to accept and let go of what they had here for now, um, they're going to they're gonna move on into that light. Some don't want to because of a loved one that they feel that they don't want to leave. Um, maybe they're still holding on to a business, money, some kind of thought that they were, they don't want to leave this realm anymore. They're not accepting of, the, of what just happened. And so that light if it is there for them, because it's not always going to be there for everyone because some people die and they don't have any God consciousness, any spirituality at all. Maybe they didn't live a very good life at all. Maybe they were very selfish and, and that doesn't mean they're going to hell, but that means that they're going to have to take a, a minute to, to kind of adjust and kind of reevaluate. Like they're going to have to have, they're going to have to come to a point where they're going to have to ask for help. And however that comes about, however long that takes for them, it doesn't mean they're going to be in a black void of nothing. They share about being around. It's like the physical land here. We have the physical world. And then we have this astral world. And the astral world, they've talked about objects. They've talked about an Earth-like place. They've talked about it being um, that they can interact with um, in a way that is kind of physical. Um but then above that astral world, there's the causal world, the causal realm. And that is what they are calling heaven. And so you can go from here directly to the causal if you've done the work here in the physical. But if you haven't, you're going to go to the astral and hang out there for a while until you're ready to move up to the causal heaven or you're going to come back to the physical because of unfinished business. This is what people might call karmic. The karmic, yes, karma, yeah. yes, sure. And they all share that. They all say that that 
every session, it seems like everyone I've had, I've had spirits talk about they're in school, they're learning in school, um, that they go up, but then they come back down to visit. So they're talking about going up, getting light, resting, then mm-hmm. coming back down and visiting their loved ones. So this, this might be, this might be an unfair question. And if it is, we'll ditch it and you can say it is, but, um, it feels like in that explanation, if, um, if we have somebody who is a serial killer and let's say they've killed 10 people, okay, they're probably not going to go straight to the light. They're going to need to go for some education, but, and this, this is a much more existential question. If that person were a chimp and that chimp had been involved with a, a war with another tribe and had killed 10 chimps, as humans, we don't look down on that. But is there a space where animal souls go there and they get judged for that? Or is there is there a forgiveness for, well, that's just how you are as chimps. That's how it works. And I know this sounds like almost like a children's party question, but it's just so fascinating because it feels like that there is a judgment given to humans because of a consciousness, but not given to animals because they don't have that same level of consciousness. I mean, that's a pretty good question. And I would say that, you know, I'm no expert. I know I've been doing this a while and I know that I've worked with some professionals and, you know, blah, 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 and written a book, but I, I don't know if I have the answer to that question. Um, I know apes and, and chimps have, uh, uh, you know, they're very close to us um, as far as understanding and and comprehension in a way. Um, so there might be more to that. As I talked about, you know, I've done some amazing sessions and some of this, you know, like the one I just posted on my channel yesterday is one of the ones that are probably the hardest to understand or comprehend or to process. And that is, you know, I was asking for my guides and, and you know, if they had any messages and they said that there was a cat there. And that and that uh, the cat was asking for me well, right there. That's ridiculous. Mm. Right. Isn't that kind of ridiculous? Just that statement alone. And then I went further and asked my guys, well, what do you mean? Is it my cat Tigger that passed, you know, a couple of years ago? And they said, yes, he keeps asking. Yeah. Ask for him. So then I asked for him. And then all of a sudden I get responses, not from the guides. It sounds like it's from him. And he's saying, I love you. And I sleep with you. I sleep on the bed, you know, and um, my soul is happy. Now, I, I listen, I, you know, I don't know what to tell you if that's my cat for sure. I believe it is, but that's my own belief. I can't say that factually. I don't have any proof other than these really amazing, undeniable responses that are coming through. Yeah. So a soul is a soul in a way, I guess, but I would be pissed off if I was reincarnated as a cat. So I hope that it's not human <laughs> souls that are just going from cats to humans, back to dogs and then chimps and all this. So I don't know that I don't know how that how that situation goes. I'm not well, even pretend. We kind of asked Avril the same question, and she she said that dogs and cats had like a special pact with humans, and I guess that would include like the Godhead being, and that does make sense. But um, what you you know that my question really came not from trying to like um, test your integrity at all. It was it was literally not that. It was but it was it was more because. I 
you know, I I I eat I eat chicken McNuggets, and I worry that I'm causing myself karmic damage. You are eating other animals. <laughs> yeah, he he says it. He says that's why you're supposed to be vegetarian. You know, because you know the fact is is that um, there's a lot of these animals. I mean, it's 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 one thing if you were out in the wild and you lived off the land and you had a spear you had a crossbow and you kill a deer and then you pray over the deer and you thank him for his sacrifice and you feed your family and you don't waste any part of the animal and the antlers go to something and the bone goes to something and it's, it's, it's used and you do it in a proper in, you know, and you do it in a humane way or whatever. There's something to be said about that. That energy is not dying necessarily in such maybe uh, pain and I mean, yes, it's pain. The deer experienced pain, got shot with a crossbow or whatever. I understand mm-hmm. that, but the way that these slaughterhouses are killing cows and the way that these these animals are being handled and treated, there's a lot of pain and sorrow from those animals. They feel that pain, and I would love to say because I understand this, I'm never going to have a cheeseburger or a piece of bacon again. But unfortunately, I'm still not there yet, but I'm working Mm. my way towards it. And Mm. I'm not going to beat myself up over it either, because this is the world I was born into. I was raised by meat eaters. Mm. I was given McDonald's cheeseburgers and other kinds of crap all throughout. I was growing up. So it's hard for me to say, oh, I know it's wrong. I'm just going to stop it. It's hard. But I I have a desire to want to stop it because there is karmic energy that is attached to that so you know i mean i can't lie and say that that, that's not true i don't believe that i i'm 100 percent with you but but how then in your i guess estimation do we pay that karmic energy back to those cows i mean because i'm completely with you well you try to stop if you can and then you try you know you try to work your way off slowly off meat if you can and if that's if that that's important to you and then you try to do a lot more work and you try to do more positive. I mean, you are, there is going to be a life review and I'm, I'm not going to get to the other side. And, you know, I know that, that you know, they're going to say, man, you did some really great work with the spirits and you really helped a lot of people living and, uh, and deceased. But, you know, I mean, you really were kind of a prick to this guy. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to answer. I mean, there's a, you yeah. know, there's a, rea- you know, there's an action and a reaction. And I think that there's nothing that's going to change that. So a guy that's like a Jeffrey Dahmer or some mass or some serial killer or whatever. Okay. Um, I don't know that the guy with the red hooves and the pitchfork comes up and grabs him and pulls him down to some fiery pit and, you know, and that he's tortured the rest of his life. What I do here when I connect or when I have in the past connected with those, I don't do that anymore, but when I have listened and, and done that kind of research, I've picked up that they're in darkness. There's no light. They're trying to hide from judgment and they think that they can hide in a dark corner. They don't want to talk about what they did or they're going to stay there until they're ready to face it. So it's really how long they stay in hell that their own hell is up to them. And, you know, as far as what when they're ready to repent or come to terms with it doesn't mean that they're going to just get whisked to heaven, but they're going to have to feel the pain of all the victims that they brought on or that they, that they caused. That is what I'm understanding about, about the system. The system kind of takes care of itself. But that, that pain that they have to experience, presumably that isn't being 
murdered 20 times, that's having an explanation given to them almost in a classroom environment. I don't know about, I mean, I know that there are schools and I know that there are, but I don't believe that maybe Jeffrey, no, I don't, I don't, when I've talked to regular souls that have crossed over that were regular people that were not, not bad, but that didn't have like a big spiritual life, they've talked about still working, still being at school or working in, in, in or at school learning. Um, okay. So I've heard that, but when I've talked to bad people, like really bad people, um, or tried connecting with bad people, I should say that they've talked about being in complete darkness, not knowing where to go. They are feeling emotional pain, not necessarily physical pain, but they're feeling excruciating emotional pain. And it's not someone that's making them feel that it's their own self. It's their own created world that they created. They created now, I have an early session on my channel that when I was working with this medium, Connie, early on, and we went to this, this place that was an old plantation, and she picked up on this slave owner named Marnuka. He was this guy that was coming through her. And many times I had validated what she had channeled and really positive, powerful, powerful messages. And so she was channeling this, this guy and I was the the one that wasn't channeling. I was just talking to him. I was the the guy that would you know would dialogue with him through her. And you know whether people believe this or whatever, they should check out one of these early, you know this early session because people that whether they believe it or not, they'll always say, "Wow, that was very interesting." What was said? I don't know if I fully believe it, but boy, that was interesting. What was said? And I, I and I you know agree with them. He was very indignant. He was very um, he was in denial about what he had done. Uh, he had raped his slaves, he said. He had, he had, you know, killed some. He had done all these things. And I tried to talk to him like a human in a way that I said, well, why did you think that was okay? You know, why did you, because they were, they were less than us and all this. And he was talking really, you know, negative stuff. And, and I said, that's not true though. You know, I wish that you would understand that, you know, and, and, and he said some other things. He said, um, he goes, well, my, my father was killed. He was killed. And, you know, some man just came up to him and senselessly took his life. And, and I'd seen other people being beaten. And so as a kid, I, that's what I believed it to be right. And now, so you have some motivation that you understand the motivation from this character, but that doesn't make what he did right. It, it, there was victims. Um, and so, you know, after a while of talking to him, he finally started, it was almost like he could have stayed in this ignorant place of darkness for a long time. To us, it's a long time, right? But to the other side, time is nothing. We don't know how long he was there. But he, but eventually by talking to him, it sounded like he got, he couldn't deny that what he did was wrong anymore. And he was getting the understanding of it. And all of a sudden he did, he goes, I said, you need to ask for, you know, for Jesus. You need to ask for God to come help you. And he started saying, God, God, help me. I'm sorry for my wrongs. And like, he sounded like he was repenting, but he said he saw, he saw God, but he couldn't go to God. He goes, I can't, there's something in between us. I can't get to him. And he felt that he was being pulled down by something um, dark. Something pulled him down away from God. Now, I don't know if that necessarily exactly happened that way, but 
as I was running the spirit box, I was running the spirit box the whole time that this woman was channeling. And while she was saying things, we were picking up things through the box going, yes, that's right. Or responses that sounded like him talking, adding on to what he was saying. So there was corroboration with what he was saying. And, you know, I think he created his own hell. I think that he had to experience a hell of his own. So I think that's really what it is. Um, I, I had a question kind of slightly following up from that. We, it's something we talk about on the podcast quite a lot. Since we started doing this podcast over the last couple of years, I, I, you know, I don't, neither of us have particularly seen ghosts or anything like that. But what we have had are lots of weird coincidences, lots of odd connections happening. Actually, there was one today you were talking about Carl Jung. We had a big conversation about. Uh, a weird coincidence I had with Carl Jung last week, which which listeners will know. Um, is that, you know, there's that saying, the it's the paranormal looking back at you. Is that something you believe in? Or is it just us being more open-minded or tuning into the source, as you would say it? I mean, I think every single person has... A, a, has a guide has has you know i mean unless you're really a bad guy if you're a bad guy i think you got some bad energy hanging around you if you're a good guy you got some good energy hanging around you and i think that there i think the spirit world is always trying to communicate with us i think they're always trying the loved ones the the helpers the you know maybe an angel whatever you want to say it however you want to say it I believe the consciousness on the other side of the veil is constantly trying to to get our attention, um, not in a fearful way, not trying to scare us, but they're trying to get us to snap out of this physicality that we're in, the materialistic world that we're in. We still have to live here. We still have to eat. We have to clothe. We have to take care of our kids. We've got to, we've got to work. All those things have to be done. But balance needs to be attained. And I think that they are trying. So the synchronicities are constantly, you know, the one, one, one and the three, three, threes, and then songs will come on at a certain time. You know, everyone has experienced these things that I'm about to say. Everyone, whether you think you're psychic or not, whether you've ever had a psychic experience or not, everyone, for the most part, has thought of a friend and then the phone rings and it's the friend. That's happened. Okay. Doesn't that, that that's not a coincidence, you know, coincidence, uh, you know, the term coincidence is a mathematical term for two angles to coincide. So the idea that coincidence is by luck, by chance is, is, is a misuse of the term. Okay. So these things are coinciding, they're coming together. And so that's a true coincidence. And so that's what's happening in that. And so everyone has walked into a room and come in contact with someone not physical, but walked into the room and said, Oh, I get a bad vibe from that guy, or I get a good vibe from that guy. What's the short, what's the, what the word vibe, what is that? What's that short for vibration? So I'm getting a vibration from this guy. I'm getting a vibration from that person. Okay. Our energy field extends past the physical body and our energy field will interact with other energy fields. We, when they say we're one, we are one because we're connected by the fabric of time, space, space, time, uh, you know, the flower of life, you know, that design is, is, you know, uh, Nassim Haramine, you know, he talks about that, that, that fabric is what connects all of us. And so the phone call thing is very easily explained. Um, that person just picked up his phone because he had 
an intention to call me. But the intention left his mind quicker than the phone call. So the intention leaves his mind, goes through the field and reaches my field because there's a connection there. He's setting an intention to contact me. But instead of contacting me psychically, he's going to do it through a phone. But he doesn't realize that his psychic thought already left and it's reaching me. And now I'm getting the phone call before the phone call arrives. Okay, that's how that works. And that's going on all the time. Interesting. That's a really that's a really good answer. Yeah, I've got a question which So this is tied to what you have said and what Avril said about us being I think shards of light is the most useful avatar I can come up with. And that shard of light has its own consciousness. That's me talking to you now. What happens to that consciousness over over time um and i've i've heard some people say that it evolves back into the godhead being i think godhead is probably an interesting way of putting it or the central light being whatever it is that's good um but also there are obviously and this might not be real but there are people who are talking to 12th century inn owners on Ouija boards and that would contradict that hypothesis. Um, and I'm not trying to prove anything, but in your mind, what happens? Well, I feel I've successfully communicated with the spirit of Christ, um, in my own way. Um, I, I detect, um, a personality there. Um, I, I detect a, um, a real, you know, a, totally divine energy, all compassion, all, you know, non-judgment, all loving, all of that. But I get, I get some personality. I get a little joke. Sometimes I get a little sense of humor. Um, I've communicated, I've asked for Yogananda to come through and, and, and I've picked up some of the most amazing messages, but sometimes he'll, you know, he would say, or I feel like I would get him being a little lovingly critical, you know, like kind of like a, you know, he kind of give me a loving nudge. Like, you know, I, I'm trying to think of something, you know, like, uh, you know, just the way he would say it. So we still retain a piece of our personality. The higher we go up, the more we are losing the ego. So the ego is what is, is what we, you know, that's, that's what tells you that you're from the UK, that you're this, that you're white, that you're a male, that you're this background, this is your story. This is, you know what I'm saying? That's the ego. The higher we go up, the realms, the levels, and, you know, that one guy, that string theorist that uh, he talks about that, you know, these, that there are seven to 11 hyper dimensions above us. And he said, if, if you know, we're finding this, this advanced math for the first time in string theory and all this other stuff. And he says that, you know, if there was a mind of God, that would be it. He says, he goes, I don't know if that's true, but he goes, that's what he goes. That's what a lot of our, you know, uh, some of these people are coming up with brilliant and how he talks about it, because he's not talking in a religious way. He's talking about it in yeah. a scientific way. He's talking about God in a scientific way. You know, God is science. God is is spiritual. God is everything. He's either everything or he's nothing, you know. And, and, and so I just say that and I say that um, the higher you go up, the more you lose the ego. 
the more you unite with that source, but you still have pieces of your personality. And I, and he says that you don't lose those. Um, So I think there's a way to still kind of uncork all those jars and dump the water back into the ocean to Mm. become one. You know, they talk about the ocean is God and that these individual waves could be us too, you know, in a sense, you know, these waves are separate on the ocean, but they really are all made of the same, you know, and one wave might act, might curl, might break sooner. One's a little smaller. One's a big one, you know? So you could see the difference in the different expressions of the Godhead, I guess you could say, but, you know, or, you know, of, of the source, but, you know, um, I think that's really what it is. I don't think that you just blend back in the ocean and cease to exist as, as nothing. And to follow up on that. And again, just in your view, just in your own personal belief, have I been here before? Have you been here before? Yes. I would say yes. I would say yes. Um, I, I've, I've gotten feelings of it before. Um, I was shown in meditation that I existed around, uh, you know, around 2000 years ago. I mean, I think I might've existed even after that at some point, I don't know, but I feel like I was, I was here, um, around the Christ era. Um, I think, I, I think I, that's what I, well, that's what was shown to me. Now that could just be an experience to get me closer to my connection to him, or that was a piece of the puzzle being revealed to me and showing me why I get such amazing crap and why I have <laughs> this, 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 this journey that I was, I, I was a, I was a drug addict wanting to be an entrepreneur who wanted to be a filmmaker. I had no, if you told me 10 years ago that this is what I would be doing as my full-time life, you know, and what I, I would tell you, you're out of your mind. <laughs> you're out of your mind. That's insane. Yeah. No yeah. way, man. You know, yeah, so, cool. you know, I, I, I would say that there is something, um, yeah, I've said I existed before and I would say you guys have to. And okay. I'm going to cheat. And so that's question two, a two B. Um, I think we established that we're all animal lovers. If we've existed before and go into a different consciousness and come back again, can I remain in the loving relationship that I've got with my dog? Will he always remain a dog? Do you think with, is that? I don't know that answer. I, you know, as far as the, you know, the animal stuff, I'm really just kind of getting into that now more. I'm, I'm kind of understanding a little bit more about it, but I do not know. And I'm not going to give an answer just because I'm going to be like, I think I'm, I'm qualified to give an answer. Um, Will my cat still stay a cat always? Will the dog? I do know that there are, I I have gotten confirmation from the other side through the box that there are soul groups. Um, There are groups of souls that agree to reincarnate together or to meet up in this life again, or some will stay back and help some part. Some of the soul group will stay back on the other side and let part of the group go into incarnate or incarnate them, you know, to, to become, uh, you know, into a body and that the soul group on the other side that decided to stay will be the guides and to help the physical other members of the soul group and then vice versa. 
So there's those kinds of things that are happening. Okay. So there is a lot of, of, of reunions on the other side. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of coming back to old friends that you go, Oh my, I didn't even, I went my whole life just this last hundred year or 80 years. And I didn't even, I forgot that I, Oh, get, get over here. You know, because it's like, there's a lot of memory that will come back when we get there. But if we're holding on to this life too much, that memory doesn't come back to us until we start to let go of some of this. So instill, so when we start to let go of the, the Josh identity, that's when I start to remember the true version of who Josh is, the real me, the bigger me, as opposed to the, um, the little me. It's like you go into a movie and you're watching the movie, you're so engulfed in the movie and you just really are like, you're in the movie house, you're, you're watching it, the, the theater's dark, and you're so engulfed in that movie. And even for moments after the movie, you're really just engaged in the film you just watched. If it was a good one, you know, you're really into the story, you identify with the character, whatever. But then you go out to your car, you get home, and you're like, all right, that was a good movie. But, you know, here's my dog and here's my house. And here, you know, back to back, back to life. To that's kind of a that's kind of a situation that I think you're getting on the other side okay. is that when they leave this movie, they still may be attached to the film a little bit. But as they stay on the other side longer and they start to detach from this, they're going to start to remember the, their their true self. I mean, we've talked a lot on the podcast about because we cover both paranormal UFOs, various stuff. And we, we looked at the kind of connections between UFOs, alien encounters, and potentially a paranormal angle to that. I was interested in your views on uh, aliens and UFOs. I, in my mind, I was thinking, are they just in another bottle in another ocean? Is that the way to describe it? Or is there some interconnection there? No, they come from the same source. There's yeah. a creation. There isn't multiple. So there's not multiple sources of creation. It yeah. all comes from the same. And however long it took for those civilizations to evolve into a higher type three, type four civilization. And that's what's happened. We are not there. We're in a type two situation. We're still, you know, we're fighting through the ascension. You know, we're we're, we're really muddling through it hard. And, and, you know, we're having setbacks, but we are. We're in a yuga cycle We're we're, you know, we're moving through it. And and uh you know, alien, I've seen stuff in the sky. I've seen the lights, you know, moving left to right and stopping. So I've had my own um, encounters. Um, I've captured photo um, of what I believe to be an alien, um, a uh, ET. Uh, I've done sessions asking about them and they've confirmed them. Um, recently with the release of, of more um, information from the government that the Navy is, is filming these these submergible, you know, submergible objects, these, these flying objects, um, that many of my patrons, my followers that do the group sessions with me have asked their loved ones on the other side about aliens. They've, I've had many now ask and every single one of them have said, yes, they exist. Yes, I've seen them. And one of them said they've been here many times here, like they've been here when I've been right. doing the sessions. So they're, they're just another form of inter, interdimensional beings or physical beings that can become interdimensional. They've been able to achieve a galactic, uh, intergalactic travel. Um, you know, so, you know, there's, I believe that there are many that are here to help 
trying to help. I think that there are a few, maybe a short, a, a small amount, maybe one or two that are not good, that are trying to enslave and trying to do some other things. Um, but uh, I do believe there are a lot more that are good um, and, and that have evolved to a higher realm, higher place where, um, you know, we're just not there yet. Cool. Brilliant. You read my mind that was going to be... Um, was that going to be your question? Well, it was going to be my penultimate question, but the one that I wanted um, Josh to talk about uh, was there's there's obviously um, a safe way for people to experiment with this, which is your app, and I wanted to talk about that. Well, I mean, yes, it's safe, but I, I do not encourage just everyone to just download the app and start turning it on and just asking for whoever to come through, just as you wouldn't want to go to... Toys R Us and go buy a Ouija board and just pull it out and not say anything proper either. Um, I think that these devices are all versions of a Ouija board in a sense, and I don't think there's anything wrong with the Ouija board. I think it's about intent. I think it's about your belief. I think that if you have a belief in a higher power, it doesn't have to be religious, just has to be something that you can connect with. Um, and you ask that higher power to protect you and allow you to have, you know, just very uh, benign and benevolent type, you know, communication that you're only welcoming light in, no darkness, no negativity. You don't welcome it, and and that if you do ever hear anything that is like, you know, um, you, that you perceive to be negative, that you kind of just cast it off, just like you would erase a comment on Facebook that is from a troll. Um, you can block and delete in the same way, in a sense. Okay, so um, I. I I would say, you know, every time I get people to do a private session with me or anyone books a private session or a group session with me, I, I send them a 15 minute meditation that I guide them through. And it's a, the first few minutes is grounding. I teach them how to ground uh, you. You know, you send a grounding cord into the ground, you call down cosmic light and you just envision that and you stay with that vision. You focus on it and then you envision the loved one or the person you're trying to reach and you just envision them coming in and some say, well, how is it psychic if you are envisioning it? Well, you have to prime the pump. You have to prime the pump. And so if you can put your loved one in the room with you, they will then take over and start doing things on their own with that paint, with that vision that you kind of put there, okay? And then you can turn on the box or the app. And then that's when the results will be normally extraordinary or normally better than you know above average. Um, so that's what I would say to people is that you can kind of say your own basic little prayer beforehand, a little couple words, um, say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm inviting only my loved ones or my approved guides or whatever. And you can ask and you can do the, you know, for a few minutes. And then when you're done, you say, thank you. I'm now closing this. I'm done with this. You don't make some big to do about it. You just say, I'm done. It's closed. And I do not want anyone else to come through now. Thank you for your time. And uh, thank you to my higher power. And that's it. And that's literally, you know, th th that's fine. But if you're not in a good space, if you're in like, if you're going through some negative stuff or you're feeling negative, or if you're in active addiction and things like that, I do not. I do not uh, recommend you pulling out the apps and start to doing those kinds of things. You know, uh, you kind of need to be in a good mindset to do it. So if someone wants to find your app or find out more about your work, where should they go online? Yeah. Hopeparanormal.com. Hopeparanormal.com. 
hopeparanormal.com. That is all things hope related. Um, you can find my book, the app, it's free. Um, the uh, My classes, I, had, I, I just got done teaching a master class with my, with my teacher, Deborah Lynn Katz, PhD. Um, I've done, uh, we got an event coming up in New Orleans, um, my second uh, afterlife hope event um, that I'm doing in New Orleans, August 26th, but everything you can find on the website, my channel, I'm on TikTok, all that good stuff. So, And um, also your book is available via Kindle on Amazon. That's how I got it. Um, well worth a read. Very super interesting. Thank you. And it reflects everything we've spoken about today. Um, thank you so much for joining us and engaging us in such. It's been, it's, it's been fascinating. It really has been fascinating. absolutely fascinating. And you guys ask great questions. It's fantastic. So, uh, well, you give great answers, and um, uh, I know you've got a three-year-old who is desperate for your attention. So we should really give way to her, uh, him or her, her. Is it her? Her. her. Uh, I have two girls. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Um, look. Thank you so much for joining the Quantum Mechanics. It's been a super pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Really, it's awesome. And I'll, you know, if you need me back again, I'd love to talk to you guys again. It was, it's absolute pleasure and an honor. So thank you so oh, much. Bless you, Brilliant. sir. All right. Thank take you, care. Josh. Thank you very much. Thank you. the quantum mechanics